This podcast is brought to you by Podcast Nation. Welcome to Shrink Chicks. I'm Emily Beerley. And I'm Jennifer Chaikin. And we're licensed marriage and family therapists and owners of the therapy group. We're on a mission to make therapy and therapeutic topics more relatable and accessible. So stay tuned, because in order to grow yourself, you gotta know yourself. Hey, Jen. Hey, Em. Let's talk about friendship breakups and hope it's not us. Oh, God. Because they're so painful. They're so painful. So let's talk a little bit about what happens when a wonderful, wonderful relationship, or maybe a not-so-wonderful relationship in your life, ends. And we got so many people writing in about this. Which is, like, actually quite heartbreaking, no? Yeah, it, like, makes me very, very sad. Okay. Somebody asked, why isn't this talked about more? I feel like we consider friendship to be forever. I think that's kind of the problem, right? That we say. (laughs) (laughs) Let's start there. Because I think that, you know, we talk a lot about romantic breakups and how we we have conversations about that all the time. Mm -hmm. You know, we're like, oh, you know, we were dating for one, two years and then we broke up, right? Like we're always having, we never say, oh, I had that friend for like one, two years and then we broke up. Like you Mm -hmm. never say that. I think we also just elevate romantic relationships as if they are the most significant relationships and the only valid relationships. And I really hope that we can change that. And we talk about this a lot. All the time. Right? Like one of the most significant relationships in my life is you. Right. And it's not romantic. We should just get married at this point. (laughs) (laughs) Well, we do always talk about if anything happened to our spouses, we would just move into two houses next to each other. Funny and- that we say spouses, like both of them would die at the same time or something. How horrific would that be? Stop. Horrific. Horrible. So, but we would just move into houses next to each other right. and uh, we would have a lot of animals. Yeah, we would have like a large backyard. And they would just have tons of dogs. And we get chickens. Uh, we could chicken definitely poop. get chickens. Chicken Murphy, my dog would eat the chickens for sure. Oh, that would be really sad. Don't you think? A hundred percent. I didn't even think I about think, that. And I think your cat would fuck up a chicken, honestly. Oh, a hundred percent. Nellie is, she's no joke. She is no joke. Yeah. I mean, she, she fucks up other things in the house. So like bugs, we call her buggy killer number one. She kills all the bugs. <laughs> Who's buggy killer number two? Bill. <laughs> I'm buggy killer number four. <laughs> Is Louis three? I can't. He can't keep that good. No, I mean, it's just like there's not that many like, you know, like (laughs) beings in the house. And so like you have to come. Everyone ranks on the buggy killer spectrum. She's number one, though. You could probably just get pest control. But that's neither really here nor there. But but, but relationships, friendships. I'll be getting there. Somewhat like, right. So somebody like talk about like, why does it hurt so much more than any romantic relationship? And I think that that tells us how valid and how deep and emotional and connected and intimate these relationships are, even without romance. We have done this really fucked up thing in society that's made it be all about romantic relationships. And then we discount the very real love and intimacy that we get in friendships. You know what's interesting, too? With marriage and in a relationship, I feel, you know, in a romantic relationship, we like have these like more defined contracts, obviously, right? Like, 
hey, we're not going to, you know, we're not going to cheat on each other. We're not. And this is what this looks like. You have this like very defined contract where in friendships, they're not as defined, you know, like we don't really have conversations about like, how often are we going to see each other? Like, how often does it feel like we need to see each other in order to maintain our friendships? Are we going to talk on the phone? Are we going to text? Because like all of my friendships are different in that way. And Mm -hmm. they all, it all kind of just like worked itself out. You know what I mean? But in your romantic relationship, like it's just, it's more defined. And I feel like in friendships, you don't have that. And so you'll have one person coming into the friendship with this idea of like, this is what the friendship's going to look like. Yeah. And another person coming in with a different idea. And then that starts to clash. This happens with, with me a lot. And, um, you know, if, especially when I went to college, uh, my like friends from home, like everyone, they wanted to talk on the phone more. I am not good at talking on the phone to just like catch up. And so you and I talk on the phone every day. <laughs> this is different. <laughs> well, about literally, we're literally just like sitting on the phone, just like shooting the shit. No, to like catch up about things. Okay, right? yeah. I like mm-hmm. see you constantly. Yes. Yeah, true. I'm not a catcher upper or mm-hmm. I'm more of like a FaceTimer. That wasn't invented until there was no FaceTime. Right. There was you no were FaceTime. Rocking, you were probably rocking BBM. Yeah, I was rocking BBM. Yeah. You were like, what's your time, pin? Mm-hmm. Yeah. What's your pin? Oh, yeah. Did you have a name too or something? I don't remember that. I was just hard. So anyway, you you come into the relationship uh, with like these different ideas and expectations around communication, around how often you're going to see each other, around whether you're making plans in advance or not, you know, or you're just going to hit each other up the day of. So I feel like there are so many different ideas of what a friendship could look like. Mm -hmm. And sometimes that gets in the way of our ability to communicate through them or like have these hard feelings. So. Okay. So going into it, we have less um, conversations. We have less like less like straight spoken contracts and expectations. Mm -hmm. I think there's also part like when we talk about the breakup part, in a romantic relationship, we sometimes we divide up, right? Like divide up friends or divide up places or you know what I mean? Like it's sweatshirts. So mu- it's so much more defined. Sweatshirts back. It's so much more defined. Where yeah. I feel like often in in friendship breakups, there's so much left unsaid. Yeah, I think we talk a lot about ghosting in romantic relationships, but isn't there a significant amount of ghosting in friendships? Yes. Right, where we just like don't say like all of a sudden she just like doesn't talk to me anymore. Yeah. And like, how did that happen? And what happened there? Yeah. You know, and I think I think that can happen in the ghosting obviously happens in romantic relationships. But mm-hmm. I think in mm-hmm. friendships, too, it's, I feel like ghosting is more likely to happen in romantic relationships very early on. Whereas yeah. ghosting might happen more often further in a long term friendship, which I think you know, obviously that is so extremely painful, right? With like, when you get ghosted in kind of a short-term romantic relationship, like that's painful, but I think you can move through it a little bit quicker as opposed to a longer friendship that you're getting ghosted in. Yeah. Oof. There was a lot of people who wrote in questions about like, I don't know the why. Yeah. Right. And like, there's no closure there. Right. That there, it seems to be that there is a lot less closure in friendship breakups. And I think because I wonder why that is. I wonder why in friendships we're so much more fearful to tell the truth sometimes. 
once again, like I, my mind goes into like, it's less defined. Like you don't really talk about friendship breakups where you're like in a romantic breakup, like there's this idea of like, oh, they're going to want to know why this is ending, right? Like, or we're, we're going to talk about why I have to have this breakup conversation. You can't just be like, oh, you know, I've been dating you for two years and I'm just like going to stop talking. I mean, I guess you can. I'm sure that happens. But like, there's so much more of an expectation of like, no, I have to end this and I have to let you know why I'm ending this. And we need to yeah. have a conversation. This, this is the legit breakup. We're in friendships. I don't know if that is as defined. I think to be right. like, I'm going to call you and say, like, I don't really want to be your friend anymore or I feel distance and I want to continue to distance myself mm-hmm. because there's less of like a expectation on that. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But maybe there should be. Maybe we need to. Maybe this is the start of it. So what would that be like? Yeah. Like, what would it be like for you and your current friendships to talk about, like, have some uncomfortable conversations yeah. about you know, how often do we want to be talking to each other? How often do we want to be seeing each other? Like, what do what expectations do you have in our friendship? Wonder what it would be like to have some uncomfortable conversations there. And I wonder if having some of those conversations would prevent some of these like ghosting friendship breakups because yeah. these things might build up over time. Right. And so you're building this resentment in your relationship that you're never talking about. And as opposed to saying like, hey, you know, I feel like we're in different places in our lives, you know, whether and and once again, this happens all the time. We end up in different places in our lives. Your friends might start having kids and might be busier with their kids. They might move to a different area. They might. So the contract of your relationship, the unspoken contract of your relationship might change. And so I think if you find yourself building resentment there or struggling with connection, that bringing that up in your relationship can be really healthy for the relationship in general. We are so excited to share our newest sponsor with you all, Hungry Root. Hungry Root is the easiest way to get fresh, high-quality groceries and simple, healthy recipes delivered to your door. The team at Hungry Root just sent me a new box full of amazing stuff. It was literally like I was opening a present going through it. Seeing what was inside and trying everything was just so thrilling. In my Hungry Root box was chicken salad, veggies, dumplings, shakes, cookies, and so much more. My favorite thing I tried was the drumroll donuts. I highly recommend them. The ordering process could could not have been more simple. You take a fun, short quiz, and Hungry Root will get to know your personal health goals, what you like to eat, the kitchen appliances you use, and more. Then they'll build you a personalized cart with all of your grocery needs for the week and give you delicious recipe recommendations to put those groceries to good use. Hungry Root will recommend recipes and groceries based on your personal tastes, but each order is fully customizable. Take their suggestions or choose anything you want. They've got fresh produce, high-quality meat and seafood, pantry staples, health snacks, sweets, ready-to-eat meals, and much more. Hungry Root has made my daily meal prep so much easier. The mental load of grocery shopping is exhausting, and Hungry Root gives me back that mental energy. Right now, Hungry Root is offering Shrink Chicks listeners 40% off your first delivery and free veggies for life. Just go to HungryRoot.com slash Shrink Chicks to get 40% off your first delivery and get your free veggies. That's HungryRoot.com slash Shrink Chicks. Don't forget to use our link so they know we sent you. 
When bloggers or influencers post their outfit links, nine times out of 10, I click on it and immediately exit because the price is bananas. It wasn't until recently that I clicked on something expecting it to be the usual out of my price range sweater and it was under $60 at Quince. Quince has become my ultimate destination for luxury essentials that won't break the bank. Let me tell you about some of the gems I found at Quince. From their 100% Mongolian cashmere sweaters starting at just $50 to their washable silk tops and dresses, organic cotton sweaters, and stunning 14 karat gold jewelry, Quince offers a range of high quality items at prices that are truly within reach. And here's the best part. All Quince items are priced 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Yes, you heard that right. By partnering directly with top factories, Quince cuts out the middleman passing the savings on to us. I recently got my hands on one of their washable silk tops and let me tell you it has become a staple in my wardrobe. Not only is it incredibly versatile, I've worn it to work, out with friends, and even dressed it up for a date night, but the quality is unmatched. Give yourself the luxury you deserve with Quince. Go to quince.com slash shrinkchicks for free shipping on your order and 365 day returns. That's q-u-i-n-c-e dot com slash shrinkchicks to get free shipping and 365 day returns. Quince.com slash shrinkchicks. Okay, so here's like a few of the things people wrote in about this. A friend goes to me, and I don't know why, even though I've reached out a few times. If the friend goes, should I ask them what happened, why they're distancing? How to move a lot about how to move on. What do you think? What do you think? If somebody goes to you, a friend goes to you, should you should you reach out? What do you think, Jen? I think it depends on like I think you take yourself through it. Okay, what's that gonna give to me? Right. If I reach out, what's the function of this? What's the function of this? Right. What am I looking to get out of this? And if I get the answer, is it going to give me what I need? And so I think, you know, it's situation dependent, but I think taking yourself into like, what is this going to do for me? Mm -hmm. Is this a relationship that I also wanted to be in? What did this look like? You know, and so I think, you know, understanding what the function might be is a really important piece to that. Mm-hmm. because you might you first first of all you might not get an answer right you might get just nothing nothing um you might get an answer that you don't like or you don't want to hear does it change the state of the relationship you know if they say hey there were all of these things that happened in our relationship that led us to this point is that something that you change is that something that you work on in the relationship like does it feel like the relationship is salvageable is that what you're looking for so i think just asking yourself those questions in order to get yourself to that point that's my mm-hmm. thought what do you think i think yeah i think a big part is is like if i was to look down never hear something hear something i don't want to hear like what what's it about for me why am i doing this if it is it because i i want to know a reason well you might not get that right. so is that okay with you too right if it makes it worse, is that also okay with you, right? Like, I think you have to think about it in some terms like emotional safety first. Just like what I would also recommend if we were talking about a romantic relationship. Right. I would give the same advice for romantic and platonic, which is that you are entitled to ask whatever you need to ask. And sometimes we wish we didn't know. Sometimes, right? Or what's in your head is way worse than you were thinking it was. But I do think it's so interesting. It's so wild the amount like of people who wrote in so many things about how do I get over this? How do I get through this? You know, it's someone said it's been how do I move on? It's been years. No apology. Never heard from them again after they bailed on my wedding via text. Right. Like like there is so it is wild 
how many people wrote in about getting ghosted in friendship. Mm-hmm. And and you know what? I hope that this is validating that this happens. Here's another one. How'd you like go over friendship that suddenly disappeared? I mean, they're almost all about this. Yeah. Like if we were to really like say like, like I would say 80% of what people wrote in about was hearing nothing. Right. And I think to something to think about in terms of like finding out why to consider if you find out, do you then take a blow to your own sense of self? Because sometimes we look for answers as a way to say, okay, well, does this mean if I change this about myself, I can prevent this from ever happening again? Mm -hmm. Or is this something that happens in all my relationships, right? Like, is this a pattern? Is there a pattern of behavior that, you know, it might allow you to look at is there something in all of your relationships where you could work on something for yourself too, right? Like, mm-hmm, is there mm-hmm. something that you might need to work on? Or is this just something that happened this in this specific relationship? Somebody asked, should I take them off social media? I would once again say, what is it doing to you to have I would. them on your social media? <laughs> I would too. I would, but that's the thing. I would do the same thing. I'd mute it. I'd probably mute it. Yeah. And I would do the same thing for a romantic breakup. Like anytime I went through a breakup, they were deleted from my phone. They were deleted from, and, and anytime I feel like I've said that to someone, they're like, well, isn't that petty? And I don't give a fuck. Yeah. But, but the fact of the matter is you're not doing it to show them that you're no longer they following don't know. them. They don't know. And if they look, they look. But what matters is you're doing it for your own mental health. And also, who cares if you look petty? Right. Like, right. Like we had this fear. Somebody else had written in, oh, this breeds up another really good thing that we had. How do you move on when you're made to seem like the bad friend in the situation? Okay. I think when you feel like you've been villainized in some way, you become like, like sort of... um um hypercritical or over anxious or overstimulating and you like keep like overly thinking about this um and so we're ruminating on it right so i guess the question yourself is like so what so they talk some shit on you so they say some not nice stuff about you right like if the worst thing is this is part of the stuff of like am i sure about what was right for me can i stand here and say you want to know what no matter what you say about me this was the right thing for me okay and that's that is where holding on to your sense of self in this is is really important. It also it tags along with this next question, how to regain confidence when making new friends. It's hard not to overshare. Right. Like, does this take such a blow to your confidence in making other friends or other people going to Sounds see like me romantic this way? relationships? It is. I that's had a really the- bad breakup and now I'm going on dates. Should I tell them about it? Right. And let us just say, as you get older, too, it is so much harder to make friends as an adult because you're no longer in these like smaller groups of people to be able to create that for yourself. Mm -hmm. Because I I think that a lot of people struggle with that, like how or if you move to a new place, right? Like that there's well, and I think it also can make you desperate. Right. And that feeling of desperation, which is then you're all of a sudden like, oh, let me tell you everything. You become like this anxious puppy dog. Yeah. And you're right. People, people are less attracted that. to that. People yeah. feel it. And they're less attracted to it. And, like, we can sit here and, like, you know, I want to sit here and pat your back and be like, oh, no, no, no. But, like, if you look desperate and you feel desperate, people can feel it off of you and it is an attractive trait. Right. But we just have to be honest. Yeah. It's true. You can also listen to uh, our episode on how to be alone. Like, oh, how, yeah. to, how to, right? You can listen to this one and then you can listen to that <laughs> one so that you can... <laughs> 
<laughs> she can build that confidence for yourself because in the end, just like romantic relationships, there are friends that you are going to click with. Those friends are going to stick with you. You're going to have this connectivity for maybe throughout all of these stages of life. You're going to grow together. Yeah. You're going to be able to. Talk. And then there are friendships that are not going to work out. There are people you are going to outgrow. There are people that are going to outgrow you. Okay, so let's let's talk about the other side. Um, somebody wrote in, do you owe someone closure explanation if you put distance between you and an old friend? What do you think, Jen? Mm. Once again, I know this is, you know, once again, I'm not trying to cop out, but I think it's situation dependent yeah. that how long was your friendship? What does that look like to give closure, to have a conversation about it? It also makes me think of... Um, there's a difference between space and distance in a relationship and ghosting and not talking yes. to them anymore, right? So, no, if you need to put a little distance or space, I don't think you necessarily owe anything unless it feels that having a conversation about it could change it in some way. Yeah. Right? Like, if you're just like, okay, like, here's an example. I'm working on my relationship with exercise. Someone um, doesn't have a negative relationship with exercise. They're ch they are um, training for a 5K. Mm -hmm. Maybe I can't see them post on social media about running all the time. They're not actually doing anything wrong. They don't have a problem with exercise. They are more than welcome to run that 5K, enjoy themselves, fucking get that medal or whatever the fuck you get from one of those stupid things. But, um, <laughs> but I might have to not look at that and mute it. Do I actually have to give them an explanation? No, I actually don't because it's what's right for me and it's not anything wrong about them. Right. If I um, am in recovery for my relationship with exercise and my friend is training and they keep saying to me, come with me, come get up yeah. at 5 a.m. this morning and yeah. they're putting it on me, then yes. I think there is a conversation that should be had. So those are two very different things, right? right? I can get triggered by something that someone's doing, and it doesn't mean that they're doing anything wrong. Right. But it can still be triggering me that I need to take care of myself, if that makes right. sense. That Was is that such, the explanation? That is such a beautiful example. Okay. I, th I think another... Sorry you know, that I talk shit on 5Ks. I'm sure anyone who runs one's very happy with it. <laughs> <laughs> I don't think you were talking shit. I think it's right for some people, not right for others, you know? Some people just love to run marathons. I don't know why, but if it works for you. That's great. That's great. I think too, like how, you know, when, when things change in your life that your relationships, like I have an example when, you know, when we were seeing a ton of clients, my ability to be connected to my friends or like talk to them about what's going on for them was so depleted. And so when you're in a point in time in your life where you have less energy to give to those relationships, it can be helpful to express that to, so that they also know it's not personal to them and it's not about your friendship. And I think I think that that can really lend itself to communication and continue it, your ability to continue to stay connected in those relationships. So you can yeah. say like, hey, this is where I am right now. I am so depleted or like this is what's going on for me. It has nothing to do with you. I just do not have the energy that I once had. Right. Yeah. Because I think and I think that's a way to not grow apart in your relationships is to be able to be very honest about where you are in that moment and to say what I once could give in the relationship is no longer I no longer am able to give in the same way. 
And then that person gets to decide if that if that works for them. And maybe it doesn't. And maybe you do grow apart. Well, it makes me also think about like, if we were to tell the truth in relationships, if we were to tell people, I find parts of you difficult for me, I, I don't have enough bandwidth for certain parts of you. I have a feeling other people in their life feel that way too. Mm-hmm. What would it be like if we told each other the truth? Right. Right. Of how we feel about them and how the world feels. The reality is that some people will be able to take that mm-hmm. and other people will not and get highly defensive. Right. Either way, it's not really about you. Right. But I think the way that you right, like the way you phrase that is like, that's what's that's what's coming up for me. Right. Like yeah. for me. Those parts of you might be triggering for me or they're bringing something up for me. Maybe they're not triggering everyone in your life. Maybe yeah. they are. But but I think that honesty can be really helpful in your relationships and can sometimes bring you closer to the person, right? There's a level of safety that you can develop in a relationship. The more honest you are about that relationship and about the friendship that you have. But if you feel like you can never be honest, right? If you never get in fights, or you never have disagreements, or you can't say like, hey, this is what's coming up for me. Sometimes it's harder to build that safety and those relationships can easily drift apart. Yeah. Someone said, um, how to deal with a friend that doesn't understand you've grown apart and isn't taking the hints. One, I wonder what the hint is. Right. What's the hint? <laughs> is it actually a hint? Or you're just like slow fading, hoping that they right. do it before you, right? right? Like slow and I think, And it's also one of those things. Are you hoping to get fired before you quit? Right. You're like slacking off. Have you heard of I am about to, I'm so sorry, I'm about to derail us. Quiet quitting? Yes. I. How did I know you were to talk about quiet quitting? Yeah. My husband, for some reason, brings this up all the time. He's like, did you read that article about quiet quitting in the New York Times? I feel like it's buzzing. Like, quiet quitting is buzzing So, now. quiet quitting is basically when you don't quit your job. You just, like, only, like, you just only you, do the bare you minimum. You do what you're paid for. Yes, that's and it. That's, and you, you don't, don't go above you don't, and beyond. You don't try to get raises. You don't try to get bonuses. You don't try to get promotions. You just hold a job. Quiet quitting. I don't think I, they should call that quite getting. I, I think should just be called working. I was just going to say, I feel like when you say quiet, when we put the label of quiet quitting on, it sounds like you're doing something wrong. It sounds like, like you're, you're just doing should be doing your job. You're just doing your job without the hustle culture that, you know, is expected of us these days. Yeah. So if we should just call it doing your job. <laughs> How did I feel guilty about moving away from a certain friendship? You probably will. You will. This idea that. to not I feel something. Yeah, I love that question. <laughs> Fucking feel it. That's our Just, new, our new so motto. Feel, feel what is this saying, right? Is it and is it actually guilt that I'm feeling? Is it shame? Is it embarrassment? Like I would like encourage you to like go like a little bit deeper with like what that really is. Um, I would also wonder like in your other relationships, like is there something that you feel is expected of you in terms mm-hmm. of... Like, where's that, just as Emily's saying, where's that guilt coming from? Does it run any deeper? Do you often feel guilt in relationships where you are doing something for yourself? Or like, what do your other relationships look like? Mm-hmm. I like this one. I want to talk about this one. Okay. How to ease your mind that your ex-friend who you shared personal info with is not in your life. So it sounds like you're a little worried about what they're going to do with this information. Yeah. All relationships are risk. It's one of the reasons I talked about in last week's episode about um, this is why I tell people, I don't care how old you are, don't send new pics. <laughs> Revenge porn is real. Yeah. Right? Did you watch like, that documentary on Netflix? Oh, my God. No, but you did tell me to. I, I'll add it to the list of what other 
million shows you have recently told me to watch. I, I just I, I have watched so many documentaries lately. Yes, but, I, I went on like a documentary binge. I know. But recently I've just been watching Ted Lasso for the one millionth time. Right. Right. Well, that's more like fun loving. Like, you know, I can't I'm, take the emotions. The I go into can. like yeah, the dark. I'm like, give me the dark shit. I'm like, I just want to laugh. So yeah, no, but you're, you're right. The Internet is not safe. Yes, it isn't. So, okay, so how to ease your mind that your ex-friend who you shared personal info with is not in your life. The reality is, um, is you can't prevent it. It is true. You could tell someone something about you. And I also wonder if um, that speaks to the level of trust you actually had in them in the relationship. If you feel like they would, they would use that in some way now. Yeah. And I think on top of the fact that relationships in general are risk, vulnerability is risk. It's always risky. And that's a lot of the reason why we have all these uh, walls that we put up in relationships because vulnerability is so risky, right? Like yeah. the more vulnerable we are in our relationships, the more risk we have of being hurt or um, being shut down, being rejected. And and that can be hard. And so you know, as we're talking, we sound like true <laughs> Therapist. I was a therapist. We're telling you nothing. We're telling like, you nothing. Don't besides, be in yes. every relationship is a risk. <laughs> Lock yourself in your house to protect yourself. No, no, that's not what we're saying. Skeptical about custom beauty? I get it. My feet is flooded with customize this and personalize that, all promising to fix my fine lines and thinning hair, but when pro says custom, they actually mean it. It's no gimmick. Your formula couldn't exist without you. Their in-depth consultation analyzes over 80 factors for a complete view of your life and beauty goals. They get personal. Pros covers everything from your concerns to your age, exercise, and stress levels in order to uncover what's impacting your hair and skin health. They asked me about my hair loss being genetic in my family, how long it takes for my hair to get oily after after a wash, what products and tools I use to style my hair, and even my zip code to understand how the water hardness, UV index, and cold dry winter in Philly might be impacting me. Next, they recommended a full routine of truly personalized products, which were only produced after I placed my order. Nothing pre-mixed, nothing off the shelf. Since I switched to pros, I've noticed my hair is so much softer, shinier, and fuller. I keep getting asked if I got a blowout from the salon. But don't just take my word for it. In a third-party double-bind dermatologist-supervised clinical controlled study, aka the gold standard in research studies, pros prove that personalization works better than off-the-shelf alternatives. Try it for yourself and get your healthiest hair in 30 days or get your money back. Pros is so confident that you'll love your results that they're offering my listeners an exclusive trial offer so you can see the difference custom care can make. 50% off your first subscription order at pros.com slash shrinkchicks. That's P-R-O-S-E dot com slash shrinkchicks for your free consultation and 50% off your one-of-a-kind formulas. Pros.com slash shrink chicks say goodbye to the cheap razor era my friends it's time to treat your body to the premium shave it deserves with athena club em and i just got back from an amazing trip to the caribbean to celebrate our 10-year anniversary of our practice the therapy group and in haste of packing because yours truly is a packing procrastinator i forgot my athena club razor at home and had to resort to using a subpar flimsy razor that left my skin feeling anything but smooth a mistake i will never make again the athena club hype is real the shave is seriously the smoothest 
I've ever experienced, and that is especially evident after having to use another razor in its absence. Aside from the amazing smoothest, let me tell you why Athena Club's razor kit is a must-have in your self-care routine. First off, can we talk about the price? At just $10, it's an absolute steal. But don't let the price fool you. This razor packs a serious punch. It comes with a beautifully made ergonomic handle and two super sharp razor heads that deliver an incredibly smooth shave every time. Plus, with the included magnetic hook, storage is a breeze. No more dealing with gooby blades or unexpected midnight shower crashing sound surprises. And the quality of the shave is top notch. Those five precision engineered blades glide effortlessly, leaving you a silky smooth skin every time. Plus, the water-activated serum and built-in skin guards ensure a comfortable, irritation-free shave. Are you ready to upgrade your shaving experience? Switch to the best razor on the market and show your skin you care with Athena Club. Head over to athenaclub.com to try their award-winning razor and body products and get 20% off your first purchase with code SHRINKCHICKS at checkout. You can also find Athena Club razors at your local Target store. Trust me, you won't look back. Happy shaving. Moved on because of different phases of life. Them are partiers and we're married now with kids. I don't miss them one bit. Is that normal? Yeah. Yes. It is a relationship myth that all relationships are for life. Yeah. It is. It's totally normal. It's to totally- move on. It's fine. And you know what's even cooler? When we don't hate each other for it. When and- we can respect that we're just simply not in the same places. And that's totally cool. And I think to... It doesn't take away from the relationship that you did have in that moment in time when you were mm-hmm. in the same place. I think that that's like part of the it's reason. It's a great point. But, you know, like part of the reason that we struggle is that we're also grieving the time in our life in which we did have this really close relationship with this person. And I think coupled with the fact that you know, this person's not, or we're growing or we're growing apart is that with that, we are grieving this like really incredible time where we had this really close relationship with this person, because that can feel so good. Like to have like a really close friendship, really trusting, loving friendship and to no longer have that, no matter the circumstance, grief will come with that. It is painful. It is sad. And you will miss those times. But it does not, growing apart does not take away from the times that you did have being connected with one another Mm. and the relationship that you created at that Mm. time. Yeah. I have a question. I'd like to hear what you say about this, Jen. I'm ready. When and how should you walk away when there isn't a specific incident that happened? It, first of all, I think it's very interesting that we think that there needs to be a, um, a specific incident that happens to uh, end something. Sometimes just it's the end. Well, I also wonder, this person who asked this, my question for you would be, how is this relationship currently affecting you on mm-hmm. a day-to-day basis? Like what is, right? Because it sounds like, Nothing specific happened, but clearly something's coming up for you in the relationship. You're done with it. That's making you ask this question. And so my assumption or guess is that it's having a significant effect on you in one way or another. And so I would ask, how is it affecting you? How is it pouring into your life in different ways? Um, what do you think you, what boundaries do you feel you need to set in the relationship in order to be able to take care of yourself? And does that mean that you can set boundaries and have a conversation about it? Or does it mean you have to end the relationship? And, you know, 
one way or the other, I think the the bigger piece of this is that you're asking this question for a reason. It's clearly having a significant effect on you. Mm. What are your thoughts? I like that. I love that. I guess my thought is just sort of like, yeah, like I think something can end because it does, there doesn't have to be some big blow up. Right. right? Like, and I think that's what I really mean about like we have all of these really significant relationship myths that we've been taught that it has to be like something's wrong because like friendships for life. But like not all relationships are for life. Right. That doesn't mean that you are bad or bitch or horrible or any of these things. Maybe it's just you're different places or maybe it's that you grew and you're like, you want to like this doesn't vibe as well or like they right? Like whatever it is. But I think it's also about taking ownership in yourself and not attacking the other person. Right. This doesn't work for me anymore. Yeah. It doesn't mean that they're evil or horrible. It just means that it doesn't work for me anymore. So yeah. taking some of that ownership. And I think that so when this person asks how and when. So when is up to you. How is also up to you. How I would hope is done with respect and consciousness. Not all relationships need that, right? Like some relationships do just fizzle out and you don't talk again. And it doesn't have to be like some big thing. I'm wondering if this the other person puts a lot of um, effort into the relationship. So you feel some type of pressure. But I do think it's something to say about like, if I didn't leave this relationship, this friendship, what would happen? Oof. Would it negatively in- impact me? Yeah. Because if that's it, then the answer is when now? Yeah. The answer is now. And how is whatever I do that safely does it if there's negative impact? If there isn't, if it's kind of like not really impact, like honestly, I'm just like really fucking busy and like this person wants to hang out more. Like, I think then that's a simple question of like kindly informing like, hey, like I do not have the bandwidth for our relationship right now. You're a really wonderful person and I wanted to like totally honor you and give you the truth. And I don't have the bandwidth for that. And you don't have to say why. Right. You can just say that. I want to take what you just said and piggyback <laughs> off of that or take it into this question. And we, you know, I know we're running out of time before I we do, yes. dear Em and Jen, but I think this is a really important one because I hear this come up all the time. How to tell someone they suck the life out of you without hurting <laughs> their feelings. <laughs> I don't have um, the bandwidth for our exactly, relationship. Exactly. And I think, I think, and here's the thing, if somebody really, really wants information, I guess you have to be say like, do I want to give this person the truth? Right. And sometimes when we love someone and we respect them, like we might have to say like, sometimes it feels like I, I feel really tired after we hang out or it feels like, um, I always think about these people as like an empty drain or an open drain, an open drain. <laughs> right. Or empty drain. Drains hair, just keep hair going. Hair stuck I think. in the drain. <laughs> I just think of it as like an open drain, right? Like no matter right. how much I give the tub is like still empty right and so like so I think you have to say is like how much do I want to say and with the reminder that honesty without tax is cruelty Mm -hmm. so even though you might be saying the truth am I saying it with kindness compassion and softness when I do it and not cruelty and I think when we wait too long to end something often it comes out defensive and cruel and harsh because it's the we've already been over the limit 
Right. You're you have built up so much resentment at that point that yeah. you get on the phone with them and you're like, shut the fuck up. Right? You're like, like, I'm going to be honest. You fucking suck. And I don't ever want to fucking see <laughs> you again. You're sucking right? the life out of me. Right. That's, right? Like, that, yes. it's, and, and it sounds like this person might be at that point because they're saying this person sucks the life out of them. And yes. so, yeah. And I think if you care about the relationship, you get to also say, hey, I care about you so much. I hear mm-hmm. you have like really been struggling. I understand that it's it has been helpful for you to talk through it with me, but I really don't have the bandwidth for this. I want to preserve our relationship. I want to preserve yeah. the friendship that we have. And in order to do that, I think it's important for you to go talk to talk to a therapist or talk to, you know, like if they're emotionally dumping on you, you get to set yeah. those boundaries to preserve your relationship. I, do, I don't have the bandwidth to hear this right now. Right. Or it's like I'm unable to get on the phone. I can text, right? Like these are all things you can do. Let's jump into Dear Emma and Jen because I want to talk. I think that we could have some cross points here. Are you ready? Okay. Yeah, I'm ready. Dear Emma and Jen, I can't wait for this episode. <laughs> Thank you. Um, <laughs> do you have any advice on how to handle a friend coming back into your life long after you grieve the friendship? We drifted apart after college without any real ending. And now she's getting married and inviting me to all the things. Bachelorette, party, shower, wedding. I feel somewhat obligated to go since we have a history, but at the same time, I'm not sure if it's good for my mental health. What's the line between taking care of yourself and doing something for the greater good? Thank you. That's not greater good. That's greater good would be like, oh, man, I'm kind of tired, but I promise to rescue all these puppies um, that are drowning. That's greater fucking good. That's greater I gotta, good. I got to tell you something. Bachelorette party and a wedding shower. That's not greater good. That's a one-time event. That's bullshit. And, and chances are you might not talk to this person after that. So here's a few things that I, my guess is what's happening. This person does love and respect you and they want to include you, which is really, really sweet. And I don't know if you sound like you're interested in doing that. Because if you attend these things, there's a possibility, one, they never talk to you again. Or there's a possibility that they're really involved. What you might want to do is go back in a little bit more cautiously. I wouldn't dive in headfirst. Not in a situation like this. Simply because bachelor party, shower, wedding, three, for many people, very emotionally driven things. If we're not sure how we want to go, I would recommend saying, oh my God, I really, I tried to make it work with budget or whatever. I want to do it, you know, but I'm not going to be able to make it to the bachelorette party. Maybe the shower you go, I'm really sorry. I tried to make it work and I'm going to be able to attend for part of it. Right. And then you show up to the wedding or something if that feels right. Like they're probably talking to a million people. There's probably less pressure. Right. Or you could do none. You can decide for you. In this situation, it's lovely that you respect this person. You want to honor their wedding. But it's not. This isn't a greater good conversation. Wedding isn't greater good. And just because someone asks you to be a part of these things doesn't mean they're asking you. You get to say no, right? And I know that's hard, especially when they ask you with like a big gift where like a balloon pops out and says, will you be my bridesmaid? (laughs) Right? Like kind of hard. It's almost like getting a proposal and saying no to a proposal. And I think there's also this part like this person said they already grieved it. Right? So if they've already been through it. Yeah. Do you want to reopen it again? And maybe you do and it feels fine. You're in a different place and you feel like you can have a bad. You know what I mean? Like that is not up for you, like Jen and I, to like make a judgment or decide against for you. But if you're writing in telling us, I have a feeling maybe you think this is trickier. Maybe this feels a little bit more sensitive than you're letting on that's about the greater good. And not sure if this is good for my mental health. What's the line between taking care of yourself, right? It sounds like 
it could possibly then it impact could possibly your mental health. impact your mental health. And I think that that's a really important and incredible thing that you're considering to say, like, I want to make sure I'm taking care of myself in this. And with that, you do get the option to set this boundary in what, whichever way that looks for you. Yeah. And that's it for today's episode. But we always ask you to rate Do you ever want me to do the ending? Yeah, can you? Oh, wait, do it. You're so much better at it. I just, just for fun, just try. Okay, funsies. Ready? Yeah, you can do it. If you enjoyed this episode or you think a friend would enjoy this episode, send it on over to them. We always ask you to rate, review, and subscribe um, on all where you get all of your podcasts platforms and follow on Apple Podcasts. <laughs> Emily's mouthing to me. Um, if you are interested in getting set up with one of our incredible therapists at the therapy group, we are currently seeing clients in California, Pennsylvania, Delaware, New York, New Jersey, Massachusetts, and Florida. And you can visit us at thetherapygroup.com. Don't forget to know yourself, you got to grow yourself. Is that our saying? <laughs> to grow yourself, you got to know yourself. Fuck, you, were so, so you did so good. You did so good, Jen. Fucking feel your feelings. <laughs> Thank you so much for tuning in. We love you and appreciate you so much. Have a wonderful week. We'll see you next week. 